What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Ghoul Gang. I'm Grace. And I'm Caroline. And we are here to talk about some spooky shit before you head off to eat some turkey or tofurkey, whichever you prefer. Or just not eat and drink a lot and argue with your family. (laughs) An, An American pastime. An American tradition, yeah. Yes. Um, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Um, literally nothing. I'm I'm really excited about it. We're I love that. Gonna make a ham, a honey baked ham, and mac and cheese and stuffing and mashed potatoes and some assortment of vegetables that only I will eat. And we're just gonna <laughs> drink wine and watch TV. I think that's pretty much it. That I'm sounds not fantastic. Going anywhere? So I'm pretty excited. Oh, God, I am the opposite. I leave for Colorado tomorrow. Yep. For about a week. I have Harper. She's in the other room with her headphones on. And I'm like, don't come out. You're like, you don't need to be scarred by what we're talking about today. <laughs> well, yeah. That and I was just being an asshole because I, you know, when you're like going to be out of work for mm-hmm. several days and you have to make sure that everything's covered. Can- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've just been running around, and then Chris came and picked up Pearl, and it, it was just, it's been a day. But I'm glad well, we're doing this. We I'm made back. It. We made it. You're back. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm fine. It was like a weird stomach bug. I thought it was just stress pukes, but turns out like three or four people I knew got stomach bugs the next day, so I was yep. like, oops. It is the season. Bad. Yeah. I'm currently like um, probably day six of like a very heavy, what I thought might be RSV, but you know, I didn't leave the house to check that out and now I feel better. So who knows? Oh man. <clears throat> probably so, best that you didn't leave the house. No, I've literally, I've maybe gone outside like maybe three times in the last six days just to walk Nella. And like mostly Aww. it's just been Jace doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hopefully you're on the mend. I am. I'm on the mend. I feel better. And yeah, I'm ready to ready to get into this. What's our what's our leading question today? Okay. So what is your most chaotic or bananas Thanksgiving family memory? Okay. My my mom's family is very what what's the word? They're, they're just they're, they're Mayflower descendants. Like I literally could be a member of like the Daughters of the American Revolution. Same. My grandma and, was a uh, daughter of the American Revolution, and she was she kept trying to get my sister and I to join the thing, and I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, mm-mm. um, I'm not. Maybe we should start our own. That's like apologetic Daughters of the American like, Revolution. We are so sorry. We do not claim this land. Like it's yours <laughs> if you want it. Please take it back. <laughs> yes, um, but. Anyway, we have, like, on that side, we're mostly very, like, just, like, uppity liberals, like, you know, kind of, like, wealthy liberals on that side. Um, Other than, yes, very waspy, very East Coast. Like, a somewhat chaotic Thanksgiving memory is that the first year that Jace and I were dating, we'd been dating for maybe, like, two weeks, and it was, like, Thanksgiving time, and... He was like, oh, I don't really have anything to do for Thanksgiving. And I just like, without thinking, was like, oh, you can come to my family's Thanksgiving because we were doing it in Chicago. And I was like, fuck, like, why did I do that? I was like, I don't know. Like, I've literally been dating this person for two weeks. Like, I don't like, all right, come along. (laughs) So like, it actually ended up really fun. We had like a really good time. But this is also my mother's side of the family. So like, it's the Mayflower situation. And Jace was very like 
bemused by the fact that <laughs> this is the one and only time we've ever done this, but this is of course the one, the first time that he ever spent any time with my family where one of my extended cousins had a piece of Plymouth rock and Fuck off. they literally passed it around and we had to thank the piece of, we had to tell the piece of Plymouth rock what we were thankful for. And Jason's like, no. do you do this every year? And I was like, no, I was mortified. I was like, we do <gasps> not. I was like, this is the first time we've ever done it. I'm very like, I, I want to That's some like, like purge founding fathers shit. <laughs> literally I was, and he's just like sitting there like, okay, so what have I gotten myself entangled in? Like what, <laughs> <laughs> what secret society is this? Welcome to the family. Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, so that is something that I am deeply, deeply ashamed of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please feel free to clown on me as necessary. Um, How do you know that it's platform. a piece of Plymouth Rock and not just something that he picked up from the backyard? You know, that's a great question. But knowing <laughs> knowing that cousin who's like in his 60s, um, I think it really was because they're like... They're, like, obsessed with family lineage. I mean, like, you know, like, all older people kind of get, like, a little obsessed Mm. with family lineage. But they're, like, obsessed with it, like, because it's all this, like, you know, just Edward Winslow on on the Mayflower. And he was the leader. And he broke good deals with the Native Americans. And I'm like, do we... Do we know that for a fact? Are we? What, what do you mean by broker? Yeah, are we? Are we proud of that? I'm not sure, and I, I haven't like been. Pro- I, I just, I don't really want to look into it, to be honest. Like, I don't. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, and of course, like going down that line, there's like more people. Like another one of my relatives was like the mayor of Chicago during the Great Chicago Fire, and like what? they're obsessed with him too. Like they just like. Uh, they, they're like I have like six cousins named Winslow because Edward Winslow was our um, like ancestor on the Mayflower. I have like three cousins named Mason because Roswell B. Mason was the mayor of Chicago during the Great Chicago Fire. Like they love white wasps. Like love their lineage. Like oh I will yeah, say that. they fucking love it. So we also like to call that eugenics. <laughs> <laughs> and here I am, childless at thirty three. <laughs> Sorry, not bring it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was another that at that Thanksgiving, I think I got into like a drunken fight with one of my uh, like I call them my aunts, but they're like extended cousins. But Second they're just cousins, like right? yeah, and like because I was like you know in order to be president, you have to have you you have to be a a narcissist. Like you can't just be you oh, can't yeah. not be a narcissist and be president. Like I, if you truly think that like. The, the fate of, like, the most powerful country in the world at the moment is, like, it's something that should be your responsibility. Like, you're a narcissist. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And my, like, drunken aunt was like, well, I have had dinner with the Obamas, and I will tell you they are not, they are amazing oh, people. Jesus and I was just like, Christ. shut up. I'm like, Sh- just, <laughs> that's fine. Good for you. I'm sure they're amazing people. They're still, he's still a narcissist. Like, you know, he's, right. is he a hottie? Like, He's still a narcissist. You have to be. Right. So anyway, that's mine. What's yours? I I revealed a lot about myself in this monologue and I I'm, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. The Twitter meltdown has you uh, on another level. Yeah. The Twitter meltdown, the Zoloft, like we're, we're on oh, a different yeah. level here. <laughs> love it. Okay. So Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because as a kid, it was the only time during the year my family, my parents on both sides, their siblings, 
and all their kids would come. So we would have like 40, 50 people. Oh, you were like the Thanksgiving destination. We were the Thanksgiving house, our house in Naperville. And like my mom would have to rent tables and everything. And Hell yeah. Of course, we had a kid's table till we were like 20. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it just be- everyone... ended up becoming like the like binge drinking table at one point when you're like. <laughs> oh, yeah, at some point. Um, but we uh, like all the strays would come. Like if someone didn't have somewhere to go for Thanksgiving, we would bring them. Mm-hmm. Like I had a bunch of friends from college, a couple like brand new boyfriends, you know. Yep. 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 Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. This one uh, was when we were a little bit younger. I think I might have been in like eighth grade or something. We would have, we had an awesome like finished basement and we would turn off all the lights and we had my older cousins there and my older brother and sister who were like maybe in, in their late teens, early 20s. So like really cool for us to hang out right, with. Right, yeah. And we would... Have, we would bring out the bin of Beanie Babies and play, I forget what we call I think we called it Predator. We would just be slinging these Beanie Babies around and like the lights were off and it was just hours of all the children in the basement screaming. Were you just like black and blue by the end of it? Like after being pelted just welts, by Beanie Babies? <laughs> welts all over. I, a couple like exploded on impact. It's like dodgeball like, Beanie Baby style. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I don't know how we got to it. This must have been after you started drinking. But um, one year I gave all the boys mohawks. My brother, my dad couple of my cousins and i was just like all right who's next and it was in the basement bathroom yeah nobody knew what was going on upstairs and everyone all the boys walk upstairs with mohawks and like part of my family is north shore like uh and their mother was like go back down there and shave the rest off she couldn't even have it just for Thanksgiving. No, just for they kept funsies. it. Oh, this is this was after dinner. Oh, okay. Every, everyone was sauced by then. But I think like their school dress coat, they they were made to like. Oh my god! It. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, just so many good memories. I really miss that house. But I'm excited this year going to Colorado. Um, this is the first time that all the cousins in my family will be together Mm -hmm. in years um, because the past few years, obviously, we haven't been going. Um, My brother won't be there. So sad. He's in Mexico City. But um, I'm sure we'll just prop him up on a chair on FaceTime. (laughs) Yep. And you guys can just eat separately. This is so fun. Wow. Love this. I'm so over I'm so over virtual get togethers like I did one virtual party during the pandemic and I was like so drunk and then just like by myself and I was like this is terrible (laughs) I don't want to I don't want to do this (laughs) yeah I did a few um so what are we talking about today I think we're talking about kind of Thanksgiving or family horror yeah we're trying to like be on theme on um on the yeah. holiday theme, but also, you know, I'm not sure what your story is about. Oh, so. mine has nothing to do with the holiday. <laughs> uh, it just has to do with 
a fa- yeah, it's a family horror story, but a true okay, true story. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching a YouTube video about it and being like, "How the fuck have I not heard about this?" I'm excited. Yeah. So this takes place. Let me get my little notes out. Um, in Burari in India, which is like a small town in Delhi. And the, it's a family of 12 called okay. the Chanduats. They were the matriarch, the patriarch, whose name was Bhopal. That's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like the sole provider for everybody. He, everyone called him daddy, which is kind of, eh, but. Daddy. Yeah. So they lived in the house with their three adult children, two of their wives, and their five grandchildren. Okay. So that makes up the 12. Okay. I thought it was um, 12 children, and I was like, that's oh aggressive, but I now understand it is a multi-generational family. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, which is, you know, pretty typical in, in Asian culture. Um, so they were beloved in their neighborhood, and they owned a little grocery store that, you know, all the neighbors would come and check. They were all on first name basis. Like this family was kind of like a cornerstone of the community mm-hmm. um, until 2007, where Bhopal, the patriarch, mm-hmm. dies unexpectedly. Um, and the whole community was kind of worried for this family because this man was so beloved and the family counted on him so much yeah uh that they were like oh my god we really need to keep an eye on the chandawats like and help them however we can Mm -hmm. right but it seemed that their lives only got better and better after bhopal died Hmm. like they opened a second store they added an addition to their house everyone was working longer hours working harder the kids were doing better in school Everyone got really healthy, lost weight, quit smoking, quit drinking alcohol. And they were like, the neighbors were like, oh, shit. Well, they're getting their shit. Good for them. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. From grief comes happiness, I suppose. Oh, I don't know about that. No, maybe not. Tell me that at the end. (laughs) Um, Oh, I forgot to say trigger warning. This is really fucking dark. (laughs) If you, if you haven't been listening to this podcast for the last 75 episodes, um, <laughs> you might be surprised by the darkness. That <laughs> yeah, but this one, I mean, yeah, it's this is one is dark and real and sad. I'm ready. OK. All right. So and in addition to all of this improvement, they also became much more devout in their okay. faith. Fast forward 11 years. 11 is a very uh, important number in this story. So 2018, we're at now. 2018, July 1st, 2018. So the neighbors start lining up at the corner store, their grocery store, which always promptly opens at 6 a.m. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then 6 comes and goes, and the store is not open. So hours pass. They're calling the Chunduats, their cell phones, the house phone. All the cell phones go straight to voicemail. The house phone is off the hook. So one of the neighbors decides to walk up to this house. And 
uh, the door was unlocked, so he let himself in. And what he saw when he opened the door caused him to fall to the ground and scream and run out of the house. So someone flags down a police officer. And so the police were on the scene within minutes. Mm -hmm. And the first police officer, he was on patrol by himself, just like on the street. They just like grabbed him and were like, go, go, something's (laughs) wrong. And he walks in, stays for 30 seconds, walks out without a word and says, I never, I can't go, I can't. I literally Do should it. I should I try to guess because I can, I cannot I'm leaving you in suspense um because we're going to go back to to find out what what happened here. So the his backup comes and they end up finding 11 journals in this house. Um aside from what would be later deemed a crime scene. <laughs> Uh, so Lalit, which is Bhopal's youngest son, um, right after Bhopal died, they were visited by one of their church elders or priests, um, and they start chanting together, and everyone is super surprised when Lalit also starts chanting, because after a major head injury... Several years before. Oh, no. That's not good. That's not a good sign. (laughs) He had been mute up until that point. So he literally, they don't know if it was a traumatic brain injury or if it was from trauma, but he just, he had not spoken in all of those years until chanting with this priest. So, um, so all of his brothers and sisters and their, uh, the matriarch, they're like, daddy has returned in, oh. L- in Lalit. Okay, that's a, that is a jump that I don't think I would make, but all right. Yeah, but you have to think Indian culture, reincarnation, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just that kind of um, belief system. It just seems like kind of rude of the father to like be like, you know what, like th- there's not much going on here. I'm going to push you out. Like, <laughs> you don't like, talk anyway. It's not like it's not like it's it's not like it was a new baby. It's like an existing person who like was there in the world and now is just like nah, not anymore. Let's it's, yeah, it's my time, bitch. I just died. I'm back. Exactly. Like, again, so. a little inconsiderate of the father, but yeah, you know, rude, Bhopal. Um, so uh, Lolit started keeping one of these journals, and in it were instructions. To pray to a photo of Bhopal to rid them of their old habits. Hence the eating better, no smoking, no Mm -hmm. drinking, working harder. So it was thought that Bhopal was speaking through Lalit in these journals. Okay. And And so he he, could he would he could write totally fine, like his Yeah. Okay. That's how he had communicated up until that point. He always had a notepad on him and he would write instead of speaking. But now he got his voice back. Now he could speak, and he, he would could speak, speak in fully. the voice of his father, basically. Yeah, that is literally my next line. Okay. So Bhopal would use Lalit's body to speak and write these instructions. Um, and neighbors felt a little weird about Lalit 
but they were like the family's doing so well i mean they were like, aware so neighbors were like aware that this situation had happened like people were saying like lilith is now bhopal like it was that strange crazy? like okay. i don't think they knew to that extent mm-hmm. um but they knew that Lilith was speaking again and that he had become kind of the patriarch. head of household, yeah. even though he was the youngest son, which was okay. strange. Okay. Um, and how old a, is he in 2007? He's in 2007, I think he late 30s. Because, okay. yeah, 12, he's in his like mid 40s when. Okay. When this happens. Um, so fast forward. Back to June 2018. One of the granddaughters gets engaged mm-hmm. and they throw a big party. They're all planning this wedding. They're super happy. And this wedding is several months away. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the crime happens on July 1st. Yes. So only a month before. Yep. Okay. Um, so on June 29th, a neighbor came for dinner and said everyone was super happy, jovial, planning the wedding, um, really excited to celebrate. And then 48 hours later, Lolit did not open the store. So what the neighbor found. When he walked in, he found 10 of the 11 Chunduats hanging in a circle what? in their courtyard. What? Okay, From, that, I from was, nooses. I that, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would not have guessed that. Yeah, just just wait. And then the grandmother, the matriarch, was strangled in her bedroom with a belt next to her. Okay. So their ears were stuffed with cotton. They were blindfolded. Their mouths were covered with duct tape. And some of them had their hands and feet bound together. Even the granddaughter who was engaged? Yes, everyone. Everyone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... The police initially thought this is a mass murder. And they took a closer look. Nothing was stolen. All their phones, tech, like everything was still in place. And there was no signs of forced entry because the door was unlocked. Hanging would be such a complicated way to murder 11 people. Also, Just wait. Just wait. I got you. Just wait. So... They find these 11 journals, and they kind of fast forward to the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And the final two journals kind of uh, take a sharp turn, shall we say. So each family member is writing, is like documenting their life, or? No, Lalit is the only one writing. Okay, got it, got it. It's Bhopal's word. Okay, I I see. It's 11 journals over the 11 years. Okay, that makes sense. And like the last And 11 people were dead. And 11 people were dead. So it's a lot of 11s. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So all these cuties, 11, 11, 11, 11. Yeah, this is what you're, this is what you're Mm -hmm. wishing for. Yep, yep. How about that? Um, So the, uh, Lalit had convinced the family, or Bhopal rather, Mm -hmm. had convinced the family that they needed to complete a ritual to bring back Bhopal's physical form. What? Yeah. So the family started practicing binding their hands and feet. And they started practicing for this. Like every night after school, the kids would come in and their mom, you know, they were practicing. Okay. Yep. Um, so the family, oh, 
CCTV footage um, the night of this happening shows one of the adult daughters and her daughter, a child, carrying several stools back from a store. Oh, my God. This yep. is like cult shit. Yep. Just wait. So um, when just a, they suspect just about an hour after these ladies were seen on CCTV footage, the mothers help their children into bounds and put the nooses around their necks and had them on a stool and told them to wait while they got their hands and feet bound. Everyone except Lalit and his wife and the grandmother because the grandmother was too weak to stand on a stool. So it is suspected that Lalit and his wife took care of her Uh, in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So... This is the most terrifying part to me. So eight of them are standing in a circle. The ninth grandmother is dead. So that leaves Lalit and his wife. And they just start kicking the stools (gasps) out from under everybody. So was the ritual supposed to be just them standing on the stool? I'll tell you. No. So they... um, The ritual... And in the final diary entry, it says, leave a cup of water in the center of the circle. And when the color changes, I will return and save you. So they they never thought they were going to die. They they, never thought they were going to die. But they They, were aware that they were going to hang. They just thought that like. Well, so this is why they left the door unlocked is so Bhopal could walk in and cut them all down. Okay. Yeah. And. So, the police declared it a case of shared psychosis or delusion. Yeah. Um, and I personally think Lolit was a fucking psychopath and killed his whole family, but well, convinced them to do it themselves. Yeah, I mean that is that's that seems to be like presented by the facts. I'd say like I, I wow. Yeah, so that... I mean, the head injury, definitely, and then, like, the speaking... Then the becoming really obsessed with religious themes, thinking that you're your reincarnated father. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's problematic at best. Yes, yeah. So, those are the Barari deaths. Uh, oh there's a God. Netflix documentary about it that I have not watched yet, but want to. Uh, um, yeah, I think I'm going to be watching that. That sounds... I've never heard of that. That is the that is one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Right. It's just wild that all it takes is like a traumatic event, like their their patriarch dying, their guiding light mm-hmm. passing, for all of them to lose their minds. Yeah. And it's like they wanted so badly for like that not to be real that they decided that, you know, this that the the son that he wasn't gone actually. That like actually yeah. what the real and then that they could bring him back by physically. Oh my God. Physically so back. Did did Lilith and his wife after they kicked all the chairs? Then they hung they themselves. Hung themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were the only ones who weren't. Um, I think they were the only ones who didn't have who like jumped themselves. Yeah. Off of the stools. And they didn't have duct tape on their mouths. They just because it's suspected like 
he might have stuffed their ears with cotton because he didn't want them to hear their family members dying around them. Yeah, yeah. And there was evidence of at least two of the kids trying to get out of their restraints. Oh, my God. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, indeed. That is, wow. It could be worse. (laughs) I feel bad for the girl who was planning her wedding. She was like, okay, so we're going to do this ritual. My grandpa's going to be there. He can walk down the aisle. It'll be amazing. And yeah, uh, wow, wow, wow. I feel bad for the fiance. I feel bad for the entire, I mean, the the whole I feel bad for the guy that found them. Yeah. And the police officer who had to, like, run in there by himself with no backup. They're Jesus all Christ. fully traumatized. Oh, 100%. They're like, I, they're like, this is the most horrible thing I have ever seen or could ever imagine. Ever yeah, I yeah. can't imagine something like It just that. seems so cinematic. You know, the That's, kicking of the stools and they're all in Well, all of them all hanging in a circle? In a circle? Mm-hmm. That's fucking insane. That's wild. That's very scary. Very spooky. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, make sure that, that that any family disagreements you get into do not escalate to the level of mass suicide. Mind control and mass suicide, right? Let's let's try to do our best this Thanksgiving. Wow. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It's just so fucked up. I don't so even anyway. Just, yeah. <laughs> that I told a- you, and that's why I didn't want to tell you what I was doing, because I didn't want you to look it up. I could also see it be him being truly possessed, well, no, but and that's, not by the spirit of his father. Oh, by like a demon. Well, that's mm-hmm. what they said. Every night at 9 p.m., it was 8 or 9 p.m., they would all sit in front of Lalit, and Lalit would become fully possessed by Bhopal. And Bhopal's voice would come out of Lalit's mouth. Wow. Or or so says the or journals. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and, the, and those were written by Lalit. Lalit, yeah. And they would all pray together and, you know, pray for Bhopal's return. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's a nice light one for you. That is, that's, it's literally blowing my mind. Like, I need to watch. It's a real life horror story. It is a real, it's one of those stories that, like, I'm going to be fixated on for the next, like, seven months and like, i know I, you're gonna read everything about it i'm gonna read everything on it i'm gonna be like on all what if there's a reddit sub for it i'm gonna join it. oh i'm if sure there, if there's a documentary i'm gonna watch it if there's it's like on a netflix long, yep I, it's, it's it's called house of secrets um the barari killings or deaths i don't know i'm yeah, not sure I'll but i it. got most of my information from mr ballin <laughs> which that. is the best youtube channel <laughs> incredible okay wow what do you okay. what do you got um well mine is is related to thanksgiving it's also a story of mass death um but it's a little older so it, it it'll it, it may counts be a, less no one around you know there's no one alive that's you know been affected by this really um didn't have other, it four years ago <laughs> other than the people that i guess like discovered the mass grave but that's fine um so this is a story from 2010 um, that's grandfather's Thanksgiving ghost story leads to mysterious mass grave. Ooh. So this happened in a town called Malvern, Pennsylvania. Bill and Frank Watson, every year on Thanksgiving for their whole childhood, they were told by their grandfather about 57 Irish immigrants who died at a railroad site in Pennsylvania during the cholera epidemic of 1832. 
Um, every Thanksgiving, the brothers were told this tale by their grandfather, who was a railroad worker. Um, they believed that the railroad workers actually died violently and not from cholera. Is cholera consumption? It's. I think you get it from water. Like, from mm. what I remember from the Oregon Trail, like, you would drink... <laughs> You would drink water and then you would get cholera. But let me, let me Google that. <laughs> cholera. Wow, I did not spell that correctly. Um, yep, it's it's a cholera is an acute diarrhea diarrheal illness caused by infection of the intestine, um, and you get sick with water or food that's contaminated with the cholera bacteria. Ugh. Um, okay. Lots so. of pooping, pooping to death. So fast forward to 2010, Bill Watson is walking through the thick Pennsylvania woods in a suburb about 30 miles from Philadelphia. And he says, this is a mass grave. Duffy's Cut, as it's now called, is a short walk from a suburban cul-de-sac in Malvern, an affluent town off the fabled main lane in Pennsylvania. The main line. Uh, sorry. Yes. Off the fabled <laughs> main lane, baby. Main lane. <laughs> this just fa- goes to show how Midwestern we are. I'm the off the fabled main lane. <laughs> um, I should know that. I feel it's very like it feels very monopoly to me, you know. Oh yeah. Like, the main lane. Yeah. Um, so twin brothers Frank and Bill Watson believe fifty seven Irish immigrants met violent deaths there after a cholera epidemic in nineteen thirty-two. But they suspect foul play. This is a murder mystery from 178 years ago, and it's finally coming to the light of day, said Frank Watson. The story that was told by their grandfather every Thanksgiving, according to local legend, which is memorialized in a file kept by the Pennsylvania Railroad. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Interesting. Um, A man walking home from a tavern reported seeing blue and green ghosts dancing in the mist on a warm September night in 1909. Yes. He says, I saw it with my own eyes. The ghost of the Irishman who died with the cholera a month ago, a dancing around in the big trench where they were buried. It's true, mister. It was awful. (laughs) The documents quote. It's true, mister. It's true, mister. Actually, I'm going to do it again. I saw it with... Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I seen it with my own eyes. The ghost of the Irishman who died of of the cholera a month ago, a dancing around the big trench where they were buried. It's true, mister. It was awful. So this is a child from England. It's a, it's a, it's a Cockney accent child from 1909 Pennsylvania. Yes, correct. <laughs> oh, why? They looked as they were as if they were a kind of green and blue fire, and they were a hopping and a bobbing on their graves. I had heard the Irishmen were haunting the place because they were buried without the benefit of clergy. Oh, so, wow. What does that mean? Um, the benefit of what? The benefit of clergy. So I, I'll oh. say that normally. So they uh, basically this this person coming home from a bar saw blue and green ghosts dancing around on their graves. He thinks that he thought that the Irishmen were haunting them because they had not been like properly blessed by a priest or something before. Right, the Catholics they had been buried. Yeah, it's very specific. The Irish Catholics burial procedure. So when Frank inherited the file of his grandfather's old railroad papers, the brothers began to believe the ghost stories were real. They suspected that the files contained clues to the location of a mass grave. One of the pieces of correspondence in the files X marks the spot, said Frank. He added that the document Uh-oh. suggested the men were buried where they were making the fill, which is the original railroad bridge. So in 2002, after years of hearing the story every Thanksgiving, the brothers began digging and searching. They found forks oh and remnants of a shanty and in 2005, 
what Bill Watson calls the Holy Grail, a pipe with an Irish flag on it. They knew they were oh, close, man. but Bill said that they still needed to get hard science to keep them to get them to the next step. The science came from Tim Betchell, a geophysicist who learned about the project from a colleague at the University of Pennsylvania who had heard the Watson brothers speak. I was going to say, they need that ground-penetrating radar, baby. Yep, they got that U-Pen, baby. <clears throat> um, <laughs> the friend knew Betchell could provide the missing link in the brothers' excavation e- efforts. Um, so Betchell's work included earth scans, ground penetration, if you will. Hey! <laughs> um, which can help detect what's underground without digging or drilling. So by shooting the electrical current through the slope, Betchell um, said he learned there were oddball areas or places where the current wouldn't pass through. We saw areas in the slope that were very electrically resistant, which is an indicator that something might lie beneath the surface. After further digging, Betchell and the Watsons detected air bubbles above the coffins, he said. Um, oh, jeez. In, in March 2009, Bill Watson said the team made a startling discovery. One of his students came running over at about two in the afternoon with something that was a clearly discernible human bone. Ooh. Can I just say, this reminds me of, ugh, this is kind of giving myself away, but my, <laughs> at my parents' house, my brother and I were like five or six, mm-hmm. and our neighbor's dog got hit by a car, oh. and he, he buried them in, in his backyard, and Danny and I tried to dig it up. <laughs> That's, it seems very unfair. It's, it's for kind you. of, yeah. kind of fucked up. <laughs> what were you, what were you hoping to find? Like, what, you were just, dog. you just wanted to see a dead dog. <laughs> Yeah, we were really sad. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the logic was. I think we were just morbidly curious. Yeah, you were like, let's find the dog, and maybe when we dig it up, it'll, like, come back to us because, you know, we've spent so much time and effort. Like, that's how it happens yeah. in, like, goosebumps. I more just want to know why... Hi, Dr. Mike. Sorry if you never knew this. <laughs> I'm more concerned why he didn't come out and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you going to dig up my dead dog? Hey, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh, so this piece of bone fragment was just the beginning of the many puzzle pieces to surface at Duffy's Cut. The pieces led them to suspect that something other than cholera was responsible for the deaths. So, a teeny-weeny fragment like this is so chock-full of information, said Janet Mongi? Mongu? All right, Janet, don't use teeny-weeny in a Mm -mm. scientific explanation. So, um... She believes the teeth, because of their irregularities, could someday be linked through DNA to living descendants of the men unearthed at the dig site. They have collected bones from seven skeletons unearthed at Duffy's Cut, including four skulls. The trays and containers of bones occupy a long, wide table at the back of a lecture room at the University of Pennsylvania Museum in Philadelphia. The skulls have provided crucial clues to what might have killed the Irishman at Duffy's Cut. Janet says this skull has a little divot on what would have been the side bone of the skull. That little divot is something that didn't happen when they excavated it off the ground. With just one divot on the skull, she was reluctant to jump to conclusions. But as more skulls surfaced, a pattern began to form. They went through all these skulls, and most of them had head injuries. So she's holding up a skull and says with confidence to this reporter, the CNN reporter, this person was clunked on the head about the same time. I'm oh, sorry. This is person, the same woman? Yes, Janet. This person was clunked Janet. on the head around the same time of death. Like, okay, Janet, teeny oh my weeny gosh. clunked. I mean, we, we love... This is like archaeologist Barbie. 
I, I'm like imagining her as like an older, like maybe like 50. I don't even know what she looks like, but I'm imagining her like, as like a crunchy granola. Yeah, crunchy granola lady, like with like fun glasses, like necklaces. Same, like, exact same page. Like dangling page. earrings. Like she's kind of mystical, but like she also just like she she really likes her job. She takes pride in it. And it's it's fun. She's for got her. a couple grandkids. Mm-hmm. So she's a teeny weeny. Yeah. And he got bonked. But right like over she's kind of dark because she likes to hold up a skull and be like, this one was clunked on the head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. A skull with a perforated cut that could be a bullet hole was also unearthed. Um, They see cracked edges around it that look like a bullet hole. So they are going to test the skull for the presence of lead. The source could be a bullet or an axe. And either way, if they had cholera, it didn't kill them. I'd say something else killed them. But they might have had cholera, too. (laughs) You know, just a touch. Just to add insult to injury. Like, you're already dying of cholera, but we're going to murder you in a really spectacularly fucked up way and bury you in a mass grave. Yeah, like you weren't feeling shitty enough already, pun intended. Mm -hmm. So why? Let's clonk ya. So that CNN article was from 2010. Um, there was an update with by the New York Post last year around Thanksgiving. Um, oh, damn. Since this article has been written, they have found 57 bodies. <gasps> oh, my God. Um, A mass grave, indeed. So is it is it suspected that the railway tried to cover it up? I'm so, OK, the average age of these workers was 22 years old. Um and Janet's back in this article. She is still working. She says, it was a cruel and rugged existence that characterized the immigrant experience. It speaks very broadly to the xenophobia that existed at the time. These are all Irish immigrants. They're in their early 20s. Um, you know, as we know, this country is not and still is not very kind to immigrants and immigrant populations yeah. and demonizes them at every chance we can get. So. Good to see nothing has changed in the last uh, 110 years. Um, mm-hmm. So but let's push it back to 300, you know? Um, let me see. So the researchers believe that more bodies could be buried underneath the surface. Um, the Watts, the Bill Watson says that the coffins had been shut with more than 100 nails per coffin, which is aggressive. Oh, my God. Um, what are they? Were they alive? Maybe. <gasps> Um, but yeah, they don't, they don't know what happened to them, but they, um, Frank Watson says, you know, this is a story that transcends nations, transcends history. It's a story you hear of workers who are exploited, um, in the world, anywhere in the world. How do we treat our employees? How do we treat people who immigrate to a new life? Every human being deserves to be remembered. And there are, yeah, 57 dead railroad workers um who allegedly died of cholera but were clearly murdered in a mass grave in pennsylvania so just just clonked just clonked on the head cheese and rice well that's really sad Another i love that the guy tale. just walked through and was like this is a mass grave also well like, it, it, this was he walked through with the report with the cnn reporter and said this is a mass grave. oh <laughs> Post, I, I thought he just like had a psychic sense like i'm sensing this is a mass grave no um but i mean you know maybe the like little cockney british child was the kind of yeah. canary in the coal mine the here. cockney pe- pennsylvanian the, co- the cockney pennsylvania child yeah <laughs> hello governor there's there's a ghost and dancing on the graves over there it's all them irishmen a solid 150 years after mm-hmm. british yeah so that is the um equ- i wouldn't say equally depressing i mean equally depressing but like less 
I mean, less timely, similarly <laughs> fucked up, just less interest in a less interesting way. You know, I'm sorry. I there was a doozy that I hit you with. Yeah, there is know? nothing. I don't think I'm never going to recover from that story. I'm, I'm sorry. I am truly like I'm going to be up for the rest of the night. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm just only going to research this. There is nothing. <laughs> Well, there's nothing I care about other than learning every single piece of information that I possibly can. (laughs) I can see it in Caroline's eyes. She's already spiraling. I'm hungry for knowledge. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Taco Bell. And Taco Bell. So what what have you been what have you been watching in your. Okay, so funny you mentioned ground penetrating radar. I've been watching. That's why I knew. I don't know. I was watching Ancient Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I forget who the journalist is that. Um, hosts it. I'm sure he's prolific, and I'm sure some of you are like, it's obviously blah blah blah. But I don't. I didn't know who he was. But I get he's been on Joe Rogan. It's kind of a bummer. Joe Rogan's face is in it a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, as as he is sometimes. Um, but his theory is that there was a civilization, civilization, civilization that survived the last ice age. Okay. And he goes around to all of these big underground pyramids that date back like 20,000 years, like that predate everything that archaeologists have been saying. Mm-hmm. So he's like they're wrong and they just don't want to admit that they're wrong. Where are the because, pyramids? So there's one in Indonesia, there's one in Mexico, and they're very similarly built, so it's kind of like, and the the lore that goes along with them is like a man on a boat came and told us how to build these structures. Um, and then there's a bunch of lore about giants moving these huge pieces mm-hmm. of stone. Um, Egypt is one of them, but not the, the Giza pyramids. It's like what's under the Giza pyramids. Oh. So it's, I don't know, it's very in-depth, but it's super interesting to watch. And they do, like, recreations of what these temples and pyramids might have looked like mm-hmm. before they kind of got overgrown and covered over time, as some things do over 20,000 years. Yeah, that's um, uh, a good amount of time. 20,000 years. Yeah, 20,000. That's... So it's a big, a big suck it to creationists. Yeah. Is what I'll say. That too. <laughs> that and I've been watching The Big Brunch. I'm Have not, you watched that? No. What is With, that? It's hosted by Dan Levy, and it is delightful. <laughs> it's on HBO, and it's a cooking show. It's like our Bake Off. Mm-hmm. It's like a U.S. Bake Off. Okay, it's like just that. like a feel-good show. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you need a feel-good show after learning about a family that hung themselves in a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that and the second season of White Lotus, which I've really been enjoying. I really need to start that. I've got, I've heard nothing but good things about that. I've, it's so good. I've been just I, I like I hate like every time I'm still watching Manifest. I'm still watching Manifest. It it there's like 57 episodes. Like they're and they're all an hour long and they are and they are so bad. I mean like they just get worse and worse. And like I'm invested I now. I am literally on the last episode of part one of season four. I think part two comes out in January and I'm very excited to just have this journey be over because it has turned it it has taken a turn a sharp turn there Noah's Ark is involved somehow now um well 
I'll have you know that Stephen King tweeted about it. I know. Well, he was like, when is Manifest coming No, back? Stephen King is a Manifest head, like a Manifest stan. He loves Manifest. Like, he, he appreciates... I'm like, I actually... One of my first tweets... Or, sorry, my first toots on Mastodon... <laughs> Um, was me talking about how I, like, have been obsessed with Manifest, but it's okay because Stephen King is too, and there's, like, a universe where, like, Stephen King and I have, like, a Manifest recap podcast, which, (laughs) Stephen, if you're listening, please call me. I feel like we could do, we could make some magic together, just, we could do some riffing, some real riffs. I'll just, I'll just sit and watch. Yeah, no, you can, you can be involved, but you need to actually, I mean, I don't actually recommend anybody watch Manifest. Actually, I do, because I need somebody to talk about it. I'll watch it. You should. Shit. You should watch it. It's it's a fun ride. It's uh, like there is a character. Jason and I were watching it. Like I made him watch like the first couple. The f- he's like gotten in and out, but like he's he can't he can't be bothered to like dedicate fifty seven hours of his god given <laughs> life to this fucking horrible TV show that literally is basically like I I just it's it is as though they like held auditions like you normally would for a show and then instead of picking the people who were like actually the best actors they were like that person is corny as hell throw him in we got it we got to have him that man never never has his brow unfurled we need him he says daddy 17 times an episode we need him we need him Ew. he's the daddy he's what's up with the daddy this episode <laughs> i don't know it's a very oh. patriarchal episode very much like thanksgiving was i suppose intended to be by our, both Ew. of our very problematic ancestors uh sad daddies <laughs> Sad daddy. So I am almost, I'm almost done with it. And my God, uh, and there's going to be another 10 episodes after this and then it's over. And I'm, I can catch up with you by the, by the time. Those oh get released yeah. And then sure. we can watch, then we can watch them together and I can have somebody to be like, what the, because I post, I, I've been posting really unpopular opinions on Reddit, like just things that I know <laughs> will really piss off the manifest Reddit community. And like, I'm like, <laughs> I've been, my karma's gone down like hundreds of points. Um, and I really would like to share the opinion that I posted with you because I think you think it was funny, but I can't because it's a giant Because spoiler. I don't know anything. No, and yeah. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know. But amazing. Um, yeah. I love it. Anyway, so, you know, maybe watch Manifest. It is like number, it's like in the top 10 on Netflix oh, internationally. It, so I'm not the only one. Me and Stephen King. It keeps getting, uh, recommended to me i watched the first season way back when it first aired yeah, in 2018 i think it was on oh, that's the year the it's all coming back around <laughs> sorry 11 sorry. 2018 <laughs> oh boy um so anyway shop our merch oh yeah please we, we have merch out mm-hmm uh, I've, I'm the only one who has posted a photo so far, so... I know, I need to... I've been sick, so I have not felt like getting cute and posting a photo in my merch, but I, I Oh, no, it. that's fine. There are plenty of you ghouls mm-hmm. who have purchased that need to send yeah, please your photos in. DM us or post, post them on Instagram, tag us in them, and give us permission to reshare, and we will, because we think you guys are hot. And you're even hotter we when you're wearing your merch. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's at ghoulgangpodcast.bigcartel.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at ghoulgangpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter until it's in flames, which it currently is. It's in flames. I, I honestly don't think it's going to go away anymore. I, I 
it's like everyone's now like it's kind of embarrassing for everyone who was like eh, i'm gonna miss this place so much here's my here's a nude and it's like and now it's like oh like here's a nude <laughs> <laughs> i just love today i had to do my compliance training like the it support training that you have to do for work and one of the um slides was misinformation <laughs> and it was a screen of a press release of tesla emblem and it's like we regret to regret to inform the public that our ceo and founder elon musk has passed away and i was like what <laughs> you're like damn I'll send it i'm to like you. oh shit it got me <laughs> yeah i was like why is he everywhere go away yeah he's just topical it's just wishful thinking i think on <laughs> a lot of people's parts. i know but this training course was made like a year ago that's very funny um, but yeah, yeah, follow us on Twitter at GoolGangPod666. Um, I think it's going to be there. It, I, who knows what the platform will look like, but I don't think Trump's it's... not coming back, though, because nana nana boo boo. That was really funny. To be honest, that was that the funniest was so thing funny. Trump has ever... That, uh, Trump's done a lot of, honestly, like, objectively very funny things. Like, <laughs> I, I have to appreciate him as a unintentional comedian because he, he does oh, yeah. he does lay down some sick burns from time to time. And his... <laughs> His, his, like, truth social tweet that he did about, like, he's like, Elon Musk came into the White House. If I had, like, and, like, he's, like, a pathetic little worm. Like, if I had asked him to, like, go and beg on his knees for all of his government funding, he would have done it. Like, he posted that, like, a couple months ago. And then, you know, Elon lets him back on Twitter. And, like, he just releases a video that's, like, yeah, I'm good. Like, true social is kind of, like, the place to be. Twitter's caused me a lot of problems. So, like, I'm fine. Is this going to be your new 9-11? <laughs> Like, Trump is funny, and I like him? No. Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, tr- listen. Listen. <laughs> Both I think equally problematic. I have, to, I have to appreciate the comedy of what I've been through over the last <laughs> six, seven years. Um, Obviously, it's how we cope. We just laughed about <laughs> horrible things. But I do, I do think that... Trump does occasionally when he's when he's aiming his ire at people that I also don't like. Like you have to be like, all right, that's that's right, not, I'll not give it funny. To him. Because Elon Musk has now resorted to posting like very embarrassing memes, like basically begging Trump to come back to Twitter, and it's yeah, it's it's sad. It's, it's really pathetic. sad. I mean, like, can you? I like every time that man posts anything on Twitter, I'm like. I'm so deeply embarrassed for him. I'm like, if that, I would literally crawl. I don't think that I would survive like anything that he's been through. Like I, I don't like he is a, well, he's going to go cry into his billions. So it doesn't really matter. No, I just like, I don't think that he understands like the embarrassment and the shame that he should feel for how cringy he is just as a person of course not. in his he's life. He's a sociopath. No, no. Um, anyway, so anyway, our sign off. Follow me on Instagram at Grace's Gold. Follow Caroline at Coraline Maria and on Twitter at Coraline X Maria. And what should these lovely people do they should, if they don't want to give us a five star review? Well, they should give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Like they should do that if they have something less than a five star review. Um, there's actually an ancient ritual that they can complete. So you're gonna want to get eleven of your family members together in a room. Okay. Ten, including yourself. Ten, including yourself. Um, you're going to want to practice this for, you know, probably 11 years around about. Um, and I think I think you can infer what I'm what I'm coming at here. But 
once Jesus Christ. <laughs> once the ritual is complete, we will receive a text um, that gives us your review. So, so, so five stars or else. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, everybody, happy Turkey Day. Uh, make sure to think about what you're thankful for. And may it not be the humans on the Mayflower. Thumbs up to that. All right, ladies, <laughs> ladies, ghouls, creeper real. Bye. Bye. All right, this right here is called Gobble Gobble Turkey Wobble. You're going to want to be wobbling right now. Get your wobble ready. Put, put your put your put your put your foot out and you flap those wings. You bring your foot back and you shake that thing. Put your foot out and you flap those wings. You bring your foot back and you shake that thing. You put your arms out.